1: Here's the Fangirls on Jackalope Radio.
2: Hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host Jessica Dwyer. With me tonight is my Magneto in Crime, Ren Willocks. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and uh, I'm. if I sound like death, I'm sorry. I just got hit with the plague right before we started recording. So I'm going to try and keep myself as, as uh, clear and distinct as possible, I guess is the word. Oh, you just um, made up a word. I just did, and that's fine, because I'm feverish and and kind (laughs) of bleary. So, um, I know we've got a lot to go through tonight. We've got a special guest that's going to be joining us uh, later on in the show by the name of Brandon Cronenberg. That name should be familiar to you if you are a fan of horror, sci-fi, or any kind of good film. Um, You uh, know his father, I'm sure, David, who created Scanners. The brood and some of the most horrific, what I call, uh, horror of the flesh cinema um, out there. And uh, Brandon is definitely following in his father's footsteps with a movie called Antiviral. Antiviral is making the rounds of the um, film festival now, uh, in the country. Uh, and it is definitely horror of the flesh uh, personified as well as horror of celebrity. Um, the plot of the film is, uh, really, really disturbing and yet timely in this world we live in where, um, everyone wants to know every single living detail of a celebrity's life. Even people that aren't really celebrities, they want to know everything, this world of reality TV and things like that. Um, and this film, um, it's sort of a, uh, an alternate future where, um, Celebrities are so renowned that people pay money to be injected with viruses that they were sick with. Yeah. Companies, companies have sprung up that are based around in- injecting viruses into fans of celebrities so they feel closer, that bio-bond to that person. And it, it includes herpes. It includes there, it, There's just some disturbing stuff in this film. And it's definitely a, a reality check in terms of how we are... Becoming with this t- the TMZ stuff and things like that. And then you have um, the fact that they have butchers that create this fake meat that they inject with muscle cells from celebrities. And the meat is called the name of the celebrity. And you can basically devour the person. <laughs>
3: That's it's so gross. It's, it's very terrifying is I've met a couple of people who would do that.
2: Yeah. And it's definitely... Uh, beautifully done film. He's definitely got an eye for visuals. Um, Everything is like almost too bright. Very um, sterile looking which makes sense in terms of the film so it's it's very very good and uh if you have a chance i think we played this at horror hound weekend a couple weeks ago and you get a chance to go to a film festival where it's playing um, check out antiviral you will not be disappointed ifc films is distributing it as well so it'll be available probably on demand quite soon as well as um, via itunes and um, then on dvd but uh, Brandon will be joining us later To talk about the movie And I can't wait to pick his brain The, the story behind the movie itself Is almost as interesting as the story of the movie um, So I can't wait for that And uh, of course I know what you all are waiting for um, Later on in the show Here before we go to our interview We will be doing our Walking Dead giveaway Woo! Yes, I and I have to say I think this is the most successful giveaway we've ever done on the site. Um, we had I think close to 100 entries. So um it was a lot. I was I was uh kind of amazed and I think we got worldwide with this because I believe one of them from Russia. So Yay. it's going to be Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So thank you guys for entering. Um, I hope the discs aren't region coded. Well, they're they're video games. I don't know how that works. Um I, I don't. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, so with that, um, I'm going to move on to our weekend geek because I got a few things to go over. Um, the first of which is the premiere of Hannibal, which happened on Thursday. And oh my God, Brian Fuller, you did good. Oh, it was so good. I was very worried about the show. I didn't think they could keep with the the beauty and the this eerie factor that um we had with the the movies but the tv series of hannibal is without a doubt a great entry into the pantheon of hannibal lecter it is really pretty beautifully done hugh dancy as will graham is amazing he does such a great job with that character um better than any of the film versions i think sorry william peterson sorry um uh oh man I completely blanked on his name the guy who played him in Red Dragon, um uh, dude he played the Hulk. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, no, not Ruffalo, the other one, the other Hulk, the other, Hulk? other,
1: um, the other
2: Hulk. Norton, N- Norton, never Norton. Oh my God, <laughs> see, I'm I'm not feeling, I'm not up to snuff. It's obvious. <laughs> that um, shows how much I know. My Hannibal. Oh yeah. Know is the Hulk. Um. So um. But Mads Mickelson is oh, I am Nicholson. I am I am okay with oh. him being Hannibal collector. He's he yes, he uh, does such a great job. I like the fact that he reminds me of a snake. Mm-hmm. It it works really well with that character and this. He's got that that I know everything that's going on already. Kind of look in his eye the whole show and just the visuals that they've done in this are so beautiful the and i am amazed with the amount of graphic um, content it was having on a network show i was very impressed with that and it was done so beautifully brian fuller man he knows how to make pretty things so i hope it sticks around please please watch Hannibal make sure it sticks around because um we are going to have upcoming in an episode which makes me so happy Eddie Izzard as a psychopath yay yeah I know right so um yeah you need to watch Hannibal I give it my seal of approval and I am a hardcore Hannibal Lecter fan so yeah we need to do that um next I went and saw the Evil Dead remake on Saturday and um I went by myself and there was, um, the ongoing, I I posted this on Facebook, but creepy guy three, three seats over from me, um, made it a little bit more of an interesting experience probably than it should have been. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I truly had, yeah, I don't know. I, am guessing there was something up with the dude. He probably had, um, a mental disorder for real. I'm not trying to mock him, but it, it added to it watching him out of the corner of my eye and being kind of creeped out what he was doing. Um, uh, and, and it, it just goes to show in this world that things like with the, the shooting and, and the movie theaters and things like that. And the fact that we actually had someone at this movie theater here in town kill themselves during a showing of the of Watchmen in, at that movie theater. Um, you just It just adds a whole new level of creep factor when you don't quite know what's going to happen next to you. And when you see a guy kind of just sort of rocking back and forth while people are being killed on screen and, and like doing gestures and things like that um yeah (laughs) it makes it even more creepy but um the film itself was creepy enough and uh beautifully done i loved it absolutely loved it bruce campbell you got me um it it's uh it was a great great movie a nice return to like the scary no holds barred horror film actually made me jump a few times, so it was very good. Um, uh, wonderful work by everybody involved. Um, uh, Fetty Alvarez, who wrote and directed it, was an amazing job with he was just visuals. He he really knows how to film a horror movie, um, and uh, the screenplay was great. I loved the concept of of a uh, intervention and having the the person have to be stuck there to uh, get clean and uh, There's also the whole thing about the fact that every one of the... If you take the first name of each character and the first letter of their names, it spells out demon. That's cute. Um, Then they have just... It makes sense. And and there's some moments of of funny, over-the-top. At least to me. I mean, I'm laughing. I probably shouldn't be. But uh, there's some over-the-top violence. And it... um, but it's never goes to that slapstick level and so that just adds to it It, it, it's a more serious take kind of like the original film was not the second one but the original but of course you have to stay through the credits and uh then you get a little payback for the old school people like me there's a little bit of pay off in that so go see evil dead i really enjoyed it um I think it's a great, um, one of the best horror movies so far this year I've seen. So, uh, definitely check it out. I'm surprised they got away with the stuff they got away with in it. So, good job. Um, Next, we had Doctor Who. Um, I'm not happy. Doctor Who, this season so far, you're part due of Who. Um, Season 7, you're not delivering any more than what you did in the first part. And um, Claire Oswald is just being forced down our throats, kind of like Amy Pond. And uh, I
3: I read your, I read what you posted about it um, on Facebook. And I haven't watched Doctor Who since the middle of the first season with Matt Smith. And uh, it's, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of weird for me to be like seeing people have the same reaction I had, but like two seasons ago or whatever it was, you know, so... Um, I mean, I'm not that I'm. It's a little. What Schadenfreude is that? Where you take pleasure in someone else's unhappiness?
2: <laughs> something like that. Something, you know, something like that. Evil. No, yeah. And,
3: and <laughs> I don't want it to be bad. I want it to be great. But you know, the more and more I hear about people's displeasure with how this show is going, I can't help but just return to my same old mantra, which was that nobody, or at least. <laughs> Nobody since Russell T Davies, shall we say, has done it as well as Russell T Davies. That man knew what Doctor Who was supposed well, to be. Part of the and problem,
2: yeah, Stephen Moffat
3: kind of doesn't.
2: Well, part of the problem is the fact that one, they're trying to make Matt Smith so, I don't know, quirky this season that it's it's painful.
0: And yeah. then on
2: on top of that, Clara's cuteness and we want to like her you want us to like her so much that we just want to cuddle her, keep her safe like the doctor is it just makes me want to kill myself they, mm-hmm. they, they hit you over the head with it so hard this episode that like you will like her and it, it's also the fact that this episode too there's no subtlety at all in this this episode was just one big old slap against any kind of religion and you know i'm fine with people having whatever belief they have but when you go above and beyond to to just hammer home what you think this should be and and make it it just it's there's no subtlety to it and did well, i didn't and see I, it
3: i kind of want to see it because of what you're describing about how they you know a big anti religion episode i'm really intrigued that they would do anything remotely like that On a kids show because I mean that's some pretty heavy ideal,
2: uh, pretty heavy uh, ideal. They've been doing the heavy stuff on the on this kids show for a while. Well, I mean they've been you know these are very
3: complex topics, religion, and it's the kind of topic that kids talk about with their parents, ideally, Um, you know, and it's not it's not usually something that a kids show will go forth and place,
2: you know, an opinion. They've and done this they've so done many times, though. You know, they've the, the the thing with Russell T Davies was he made the Doctor into a Christ figure, like from the get go.
3: Well, and but who doesn't? I mean, any good story turns out to be messianic. I mean, I mean, you could well, argue that. I don't know that that's a big argument, but well, but, but Russell, then they had the they episode intelligence to the characters, okay, and but it reality to them.
2: It wasn't as overt, even even the episode where the Doctor basically takes on the devil. With, yeah. with Tenet going after this big demonic creature, it wasn't so, I don't know, it just, this episode just rubbed me wrong. And I think it's because they were trying so hard to make you care about these characters, and it just did not work. Yeah. I, I just don't care. Trying mean, hard I, writing I, is the worst. I wanted, I want my character to have layers and I want my my companion my female companions to be women that are women and, and not perfect and doe-eyed little Clara is far too perfect just like doe-eyed little Amy was too mm-hmm. perfect you know you think you go out there and you look and how many fanboys are just in goo goo gaga over Amy Pond because she's the ideal. She's this pale redhead that's going to kick some ass. And it's like, I like my pale redhead as Donna Noble, who is like a woman, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> it, realistic, you know, has faults. And it's not,
3: and, you know, it's not even an argument against youth. You know, young, young no. people are great too. But we, um, we just want someone to have a brain in their pretty little head.
2: Yeah, well, and Clara has a brain, but then they kind of slam that with making her be uploaded with the computer knowledge. Well,
3: but that's not what I mean. I mean, I don't. I, know, mean, I know, you know, but
2: I'm just saying. You know, she's,
3: she's plot just device intelligence. I mean, actual. It comes back all the all the time. It comes back to the writing of, you know, are you writing a character who we're going to believe is an actual person because they have flaws and opinions, you know, or are you writing somebody who is just literally a cupie doll? Um, who has no conflicting or controversial opinions, so that we'll just love her, love
2: right? Her. I, and it's Like so I love Martha. Martha was great. She was smart. She was on the level with the doctor. She was smart enough to know she'd never live up to the ideal that was set before. She was like, "I'm leaving." I, because see,
3: that's a concept. She had this. She had this emotional turmoil of not being able to live up to the ideal of before, of whether or not she should even have feelings this incredibly scary man i mean all kinds of stuff there was there was a lot of conflict inside of martha that was enjoyable to watch if there's no conflict inside of a character it's not worth watching them
2: yeah and and i just didn't like it i i mean i they need to really amp up their game and i'm waiting for the next Neil Gaiman episode because then we know that it'll be written well
1: right (gasps)
2: say that that i said that oh yeah i did um So, uh, moving on to the other show that was on this weekend that we watched, which was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones! And on top of everything, House Peel was there in the form of Diana Rigg. Oh, my God. That was so awesome. Diana Rigg. She's the grandma, right? The grandma of the new queen? Oh, she was awesome. She is Emma Peel forever. That was cool. Ever. Yeah, she was, um, her name was Elena Redwine, and uh, Diana Rigg, as everyone knows, is Emma Peel from the Avengers. Uh, um, right. She also is Lady Holiday from The Great Muppet Caper. <laughs> and um, Yeah, um, I like how they're going with the show. I like that we got a little bit more Shay and Tyrion. It's going to kill me if it turns out like the book. Um, they are doing things different though with with uh, with Jojen and his sister. Um, it's definitely different because they meet uh, Braun on the road. The road. God, see, I'm am losing it. Uh, mm-hmm. On the road, and they um in in the books they came to actually Winterfell before the invasion, and and that's how he learned he was a Green Seer and all this stuff. And yeah, um, I, so they I are really doing heard it different. About today that-
3: yeah, I, no. I was just gonna say I read an art. Well, skimmed over an article today that was kind of outlining a little bit of the differences. I haven't read the book, so it was interesting to me to see um, both how they're diverging and also how they're sticking close. They're they're actually sticking a lot closer than I thought they were.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are, and uh, that's why I'm gonna die if if it happens with Shay and Terry, and I God yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> cry. Um, I also like the Brienne and, and Jamie stuff too. That was that great. Was awesome. Those two um a friend of mine said she would watch a uh, Jamie and Brienne um spinoff series of them just going about the countryside. Oh
3: god, that is that is a buddy cop show in the like that some that would be a Brienne and Jamie buddy cop show. That's the classic that team up be- of the uh that you know the, awesome. the devil may hair and the straight laced cop and the yeah, that's perfect. I would totally watch that. That Set would that seven. would
2: be- that would be great um, the other thing um, I wanted to talk about actually you know what that's it I think we covered I think we covered everything and I think it's time to do a drawing Woo! What, do you, what do you think do you think you okay. have
3: one out of 20.5 odds those are your odds yeah, it was really good odds to, I gotta those tell you really freaking good odds.
2: So, I think what we're going to do, because I've got everything printed out, I'm going to draw them. I'm, gonna, I'm going old school with this. I'm drawing I names. I you
3: actually did that for all the names. You, like, printed them out and cut them out. I,
2: Even I with did. your 107,
3: point, you know what, 100.7 temperature. Yep. Hear them? <laughs> I hear them. I hear them. Ah, yeah, okay, wait. Are we, what are we, what are we?
1: Okay, um, so first, first, first,
2: we are going to draw for the Xbox 360 because it is. Do we have three is, of those? We only have one of those, and oh, one the other. Of them. We have one of those, and then four PS3s, and then we'll draw for the coup d'etat, the poster.
3: Oh no! My odds were wrong. I thought we had four total games.
2: <laughs> no! 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 Okay, right. wait. I gotta get the calculator. <laughs> by the time you get it, <laughs> figured out I'm gonna you know, done easy. it. <laughs> All right. It by five. One in sixteen point four. Good lord! All right. All right. So. Here we go. Oh, oh. Todd Breeze. Todd Breeze. Todd Breeze, you have won the Xbox 360, Walk the Yay! Dead, Bible Instinct. Woo-hoo! Todd Breeze. So, we're going to set those aside and then I'm going to get my other bag. All right. <sighs> and now we do the PS3.
3: PlayStation. Oh wait, there's four gonna of be them. There you gonna to be
2: do four, all four names? Yep.
3: Okay. Alright. Oh PlayStation winners. PlayStation! PlayStation
2: <laughs> I had to do it right. You
3: remember the do you remember the old PlayStation commercials? Playstation! Yeah, the little
2: Japanese computer boys. PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation. Okay. Pull out here. Got it all mixed up. Chad Johns, yay, Chad! Chad Johns, you have won a PS3 of PS3 game of Walking Dead Survival Instinct. Woo! And Chad Johns, number two. I'm having flashbacks to that damn Walking Dead panel at (laughs) Horrorcon (laughs) Weekend. You did a drawing. Oh yeah, I gave away a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, Cassie Kramer. Cassie you Kramer! Have, Cassie Kramer, you have won a PlayStation 3 game of The Walking Dead Survival Instinct. Woohoo! Okay. Shaking it up here, shaking it up. So that's two. That's two. So we got two more left. Ellen Stemmy. They think I pronounced it. Ellen, S T E M M E. Ellen Stemmy. You have won a PlayStation Three, *Walking Dead*
0: sneak
2: Yay, Alan! Okay, we got one more PS3 game, and then it's to the poster. Are
3: you gonna combine them all back in the same pot for the poster? Yeah, everything goes,
2: except for the people that won the games, because you've already won. There's no need to be greedy. Right. Okay, we don't have a last name, but we have an initial. Lola U. Lola, you. you. Lola, you. you You've won a PlayStation 3 Walking Dead Survival Instinct game.
3: Yay, Lola and Emma and Chad and the first
2: guy. Todd. Todd. (laughs) Todd. Okay, so everybody goes in here. Everybody goes in here. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the big prize. Shake it up real good. Shake it up real good. And you can hear this. This is for real. I can. You can, you can hear it. All right. All right. Here we go. Unless you just have an MP3
3: of the sounds of paper.
2: No, we don't. Playing okay. in the background. Oh, oh. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I, <laughs> I, got, I, I can tell I got two in my hand. I'm going to. There. Okay. The winner. And The poster goes, to The poster. Signed. By Norman Reedus, Tracy Gurney, Tracy Gurney, woo, Tracy Gurney, you, you actually, and I have to read her message here because it was she actually typed out a little thing. This is cute, squee! squee. Tracy Gurney, PS three is the preference. Love you, ladies. Can't wait for your next episode. Ah, Tracy, Tracy, we Gurney. love you. We love you and thank you for listening. And you have won. Uh, Norman Reed is signed Walking Dead. Survival. Actually, it just says the Walking Dead video game. It does not say.
3: Pre marketing poster.
2: Yeah, pre marketing. They didn't even have it named yet. So I've written the name, the word poster on there. Tracy, you have won. I hope you enjoy your poster. It is quite pretty. And it's a nice.
1: um,
3: What do these winners need to do now to get their prizes?
2: Thank you for that. Um, Sorry. No, 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 no. You actually thank you because you reminded me because I'm I'm about to pass out. Um, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Um, So what you need to do is you need to send to my email address, jessica at fangirlmag.com. It's on the website. Um, You can email me your address, name, and I will send you your prize. It's that simple. All I need is your address and you get your prize. So email Jessica at FangirlMag.com and I will send you your prize. Yay! Congratulations, people that won. Yes, and um, we will try and keep getting some great giveaways for you as we progress through. um, And I will hopefully get some cool goodies at Comic Con when I go this year. I always end up getting some stuff there, and uh, we'll keep. uh, I will
3: continue to pretend that I'm just really happy not to be able to win any of them
2: (laughs) because it wouldn't be fair. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and um, we will uh, hand it over to our interview with Brandon Cronenberg. And um, I will not be talking to you after that, but I want to thank you for listening and uh, be sure to uh, check in next week on Fangirl Radio. Hi, Brandon. Hi. Hi. It's uh, great to finally talk to you. My name's Jessica and uh, my producer, Amanda, is also on the line. Um, Hello. And I, Hi. Antiviral was um, just an awesomely disturbing film.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot.
2: <laughs> so, first of all, I really... Um, I, I read about what inspired the film, and but I wanted to hear your take on that, too. I, the, the, um, the What you'd said about you were sick and then you saw the uh, talk show with Sarah Michelle Geller where she was talking about sneezing and infecting everyone and they
0: cheered. Oh, no, that was actually... I know somebody put that on my Wikipedia, I think, but that was... Um, I, I didn't see that clip until actually we were in editing, so someone just uh, sent it to me. And I thought oh, it was gotcha. Funny because <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like oh shit we haven't even finished the film yet and it's already becoming reality So, um,
2: uh, but I yeah. wanted to talk to you about um, what, what inspired this in you because it's such a dark take but at the same time it's a it's sort of eerily accurate in where we're heading with this culture celebrity
0: uh, yeah it was I mean so I was sick um, in 2004, when I just started film school, and I was um, having this, this kind of fever dream where I was semi conscious and, and obsessing over my illness and the fact that I had something physically in my body that had come from someone else's body, and how that was a, a, a really intimate thing if if you think about it that way.
1: Oh, um, yeah,
0: totally. And yeah, because it's like, you know, a virus is, we don't really think about Disease that way, but I mean the virus is produced literally in the cells of another another person um, and then penetrates your own cells and there's this eroticism to it and, and an intimacy to it um, and so uh, i was I was trying to think of someone who would see disease as something as something intimate thanks um, and so uh yeah, I thought, you know, a celebrity obsessed fan might, uh, might want a disease as a way of feeling physically connected to the, the object of their obsession uh, to the extent where it could become something desirable.
2: Well, what um, the one thing that I've been telling people about that really creeped me out, too, not only just the fact that I want to be infected with her from this person because yes that's sexy um but but was the fact that you had basically the 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 whole feeding on another person's life was personified within that whole butcher um scenario where you have the muscle cells injected into meat and people were eating them Mm -hmm. where did that come from i mean that's really messed up
0: well that's a real technology um that's that's being developed, um, grown meat, because you can take any muscle cell and and if you keep it in a nutrient rich environment, it will divide and grow into a muscle, right? So, um, there's a, there's an actual, uh, an actual move to, to grow, to grow meat, to grow, you know, cows' meat and and, and pigs' meat, um, so that it would, uh, I, I guess. As it would be more efficient, you wouldn't have to farm livestock. You could just grow meat directly, um, and that will probably—I mean, they've done it. It's just a matter of you know perfecting it and turning it into something that people would be willing to willing to eat. So it's a small step to to imagine the same process using human muscle cells, I and mean, we could do it right now. Oh. <laughs> You, you talk about that
2: so so calmly, and, and it just creeps me out a
0: little. <laughs> well, I think it's great, personally. I'm all for <laughs> grown meat. I, I don't eat meat, so I think you know, fat meat, i into it.
2: Well, and the other part I liked about the movie, too, that you, you, you did was you kept the fact, you know, these people were celebrities, but you didn't explain why. And it sort of is uh, kind of, Part of that whole thing with the celebutants that are out there too, you don't really know why they're famous, mm-hmm. but everyone wants a part of them, and I, I kind of like that part of the movie that you kept it. Um, you know, you don't know if they're an actress or what they are.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think that's the direction we're headed in. I mean, I don't think celebrity has ever been inherently tied to accomplishment. You know, because there are people who have always been famous uh, for for no uh, no particular reason and, and there are people who have accomplished amazing things and never been given credit for them um, but uh, I think more and more in, in our culture there's this sort of industry of celebrity that's very removed from any other uh, any other industry from you know film or from music or from you know the usual uh, sort of uh, breeding grounds for fame, and uh, and you know it's it's kind of becoming mass-produced, especially with reality television. You know, someone realized that people people really can be made famous just uh, as they become more and more visible, and so you get these people whose jobs are just being famous essentially for however you know a year or two years, and then they're uh, sort of discarded
2: right it's sort of a disposable culture you know the next one's coming in sort of like with you know jersey shore and that one away and unfortunately not soon enough and then you have another another <laughs> show there yeah yeah everybody knows who she is they can't get rid of it um and and sort of in one way i i kind of um what i took from part of the movie too because there's a lot of stuff going on within this film and and I, I, I really love getting the chance to talk to you about this. What I took from it was the the, the fans are really the virus. They're feeding on these celebrities in, in more than one way and it's sort of at the end, I'm not going to spoil the ending of this, but it's sort of personified in what happens. Is that yeah, what you is that what you wanted to convey in this?
0: That's an interesting take on it. I was thinking of it... Uh, I mean, I was thinking of... I, I guess one metaphor that I was playing with was the idea that by participating in that culture, we make ourselves diseased. So it's more that that culture is the disease and it, it makes us sick. But that that is an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, um, there is definitely a feeding, a feeding you know, uh, and, and a consumption uh, element in in the film and, and in that culture where um, it's perpetuated by by fan culture uh, of a certain of a certain kind. You know, if we all stopped <laughs> buying magazines Jeez. and watching TMZ, like you, you know that <laughs> that culture would deteriorate. It's because people have this. Uh, seemingly endless appetite for it, that it, it can perpetuate itself and become more refined and efficient in terms of delivering, uh, celebrity and, and then profiting from it.
2: Totally. And, and sort of, um, I am trying not to spoil it, but I, I wanted to talk to you about this, <laughs> um, but it's very hard to do that. I'm trying to pick my words carefully, but, uh, it's sort of like it, it, at the beginning, um, the journey through and the it's sort of like the infection takes hold of of him at the end that's what happens at least in my view and and that is what um, why, what we see in the ending is he you know the that the whole feeding frenzy of, of celebrity' is, uh, worship has kind of consumed him
0: yeah, it's something that's sort of maybe always been there beneath the surface and and he right. feels superior to it and defined and uh, above it, but is actually defined by it. To use a disease metaphor, actually, herpes would be a really good, a good metaphor because it's a, a virus that stays in the nerve it Stays cells. within,
2: yeah, and inert, and, but it comes out.
0: And then, it, yeah, it comes up to the surface.
2: That's yeah, that's a good metaphor. I also, that was <laughs> the disturbing parts of the movie was the guy. Oh, it's like he kissed you there, and oh. <laughs> Oh, that's not okay. Not okay at all. Um, so, uh, the one thing I wanted to check uh, to see w- with you as well was, what genre do you see this as? Because I see this is definitely a film that's a part of what I call the the horror of the flesh and and movies like Cabin Fever and um, The Brood. You know, those kind of movies where where it's it's science mixed with just the horror of your own. DNA and what happens with the human body. Do mm-hmm. you see it as part of that as well as what would you personify it as, as a horror film or a science fiction movie?
0: Um, I'd say the two aren't mutually exclusive. I think it's, it's a, a horror film and to a certain degree a science fiction film. Although only some of the science is, is fictional, I think a lot of it uh, is rooted in reality.
2: God, well, for sure, if they're making meat, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a given if they're really doing that kind of thing. And I, 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 you're right, I, I've read about that. Um, I do like how you, you filmed the movie and, and it, very, it felt very sterile. like it was very bright like a, a doctor's office or a hospital would be. and, and, and um, just the way that the blood was able to be seen in some of those shots when um, it was really well done. What, what led to how you wanted this movie to look?
0: Um I guess there were a couple of a couple of elements um I liked I mean the whiteness I mean if you if you have a white frame then anything that's not white within that frame really pops like the faces on the walls or the blood and so it's a, an interesting way of sort of directing the the eye of the audience um also Uh, You know, one of those themes, the themes in the film is is the uh, divide between celebrities as these sort of cultural media constructs, uh, you know, that exist purely in the public consciousness as as ideas, and then the the human body of the actual uh, celebrity, who isn't really the celebrity, who's just, you know, I I feel like the celebrity... uh, is something else is that cultural construct and, and is, in a sense, unrelated to the human being. And so I right. to uh to reflect that in the design a bit so that there were, you know, there are these very sterile environments and, and it's very uh, inhuman and, and sort of, you know, in in idealized, territory in, in, in purely conceptual territory and then are the explicit shots of the body in, in macroscopic close-up and, and the dirtier environments and, uh, and, and those things kind of collide towards the end and,
2: and the scenes like um, the sickly scenes seem more greenish almost like you had a green almost like and there's a few of them that it, it looks sickly in comparison to everything else and I, I really dug that part of it but um, I do like the one thing about you did with with the skin grafts that creeped me out as well, um, <laughs> okay, good. and and uh, but it kind of reminds me of the fact that you have people out there that are getting the image of a, of a famous person tattooed on them, and and yeah. how that has to be a little freakish for people that that see that. I mean, they they probably are. Yay, thank you for being a fan, but it sort of has to creep you out a little that you see your image is going to be forever on this person's skin.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that. I mean, as far as I know, no one has tattooed me on themselves. Although (laughs) I would be, (laughs) I would encourage that, but, um, (laughs) I imagine, (laughs) I imagine. That that would be interesting.
2: Um, But I I really liked how you you played that. And and it was a surprise to see Malcolm McDowell um, playing a role like... He always plays creepy really well. What was it like working with him?
0: Oh, it was great. He was a really, really nice guy. Um, And he was a lot of fun to have on set and just really yeah, easy to work with and very supportive.
2: Well, and the one thing I, I kind of liked about the characters in this was um, like with with Sid's character, and, and and in a way a bit of with Ma- Malcolm's character and with um, char- his doctor, um, uh, the the people like the the patients that are coming to the the clinic, they're all sort of blank almost. There's like not a lot, um, like not a lot of emotion, and mm. it seems like they have given everything that is themselves over to their obsession
0: yeah well it's sort of i wanted that culture to be the only thing in that world in a way you know there's no other form of entertainment no one's famous for any reason it's just um that culture developed and refined to the point where it doesn't require anything else and it's sort of taken over everyone
2: that's that's really it's really creepily accurate. I mean, I've just some of the stuff you see online too. I, I really love this movie because it 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 hit home on what you see nowadays and how I can totally visit, you know see this happening. It's really scary.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> so,
2: thank I I want to I I think I have to wrap it up here, but I wanted to. Um, to ask you, um, I know it's making the film festival circuit, but where can people see Antiviral
0: right now? Um, well, in the States, it's coming out in New York this Friday um, at the IFC, IFC's theater, and um, I think it's being released a bit more broadly uh, next, next week, and then it'll get a, a DVD and a, and a Blu-ray and VOD release.
2: Perfect. Awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you so much. Um, you definitely made a creepy, creepy film, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I thank can't you. wait to. See... Oh, thank you. I can't wait to see some more of your work. It was it was brilliant. So please keep making films. I um, really
0: like it. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it.
2: No worries, and thank you again for uh, joining us on Fangirl Radio, and um, we can't wait to see more of your stuff.
0: Ah, uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Take care.
2: Take care. Later. There you have it, everybody. Brandon Cronenberg. Um, That was a great interview, and he's definitely um, a a talent to look for. And for sure, if you get the chance, go see Antiviral if it's playing at a theater near you. And also be sure to watch it on video on demand when it hits screens and uh, DVD. So thank you again for listening.